don't think it's MMA. My name is Ken McGuire. Uh, this is Casey Lore, by the way, and for Scoreline.ie, we're talking all things mixed martial arts. You kind of forget where you are every now and again. Uh, joined, yep. as always, by uh, Miles Price, uh, head coach of Team Rhino Kilkenny. He also a pro fighter. Miles, how are you? How are things? Hey, Ken. All good, man. Yeah, keeping well. Exciting card coming up this weekend. Exciting card coming up this very weekend is right. Uh, if if yeah. I can, and just just before we do, because we were, we were chatting very briefly about it before uh, before we push record here, uh, just a, a little quick observation on on Bellator two fifty eight from last weekend. We were supposed to see James Gallagher fight. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he was pulled from the fight due to injury. And, Patrick um, he was looking to fight. Wasn't That's it? it exactly. I think Patchy was on the on the card or had stayed on the card, but James Gallagher was in the corner of Peter Queeley. Peter Queeley uh, was going up against one of the Pitbull brothers, uh, the junior, and uh, Peter Queeley, obviously a former opponent of yours, but has now found himself potentially in the mix for a uh, title shot in Bellator. Uh, any any quick thoughts or observations on the fight in general, regardless of the story? Um, I feel like that Peter has found uh, an art for pulling fights out of the bag that he's losing I mean that's happened the last two fights and that's not a dig I really do feel like that he's actually like very resilient you know he Mm -hmm. just seems to find a way to get out of these situations and it's not like he wasn't competitive the two fights he was in were very competitive his last two fights you know, he's a great fighter, Peter, so fair play to him. I think he will be fighting for the title next. And, you know, maybe I'll slip in there, you know, stir the pot a bit, get a rematch. That'd be great. <laughs> see what happens. Might see if we can get something going on, on home soil. But one that's one that's yeah. happening, uh, obviously, overseas this weekend. We're back to uh, another big card from the UFC. They're heading to Houston, Texas, uh, mm. where we believe there's going to be uh, an even bigger crowd again than last time. out. There's about 20,000 fans expected uh, at the fight. It's a sold-out show. It's sold out within a heartbeat of tickets going on sale. Uh, we've got Got two big car or two big fights sitting at the top of the card. Not to deny the fact that the rest of it is is fairly quality. To be honest, the co-main yeah. event, uh, the co-main event is going to see Tony Ferguson against Benil Darius, and the main event is going to see Charles Oliveira against uh, Michael Chandler. Um, both of them are, are both of them are quite big. Um, let's start maybe with the co-main event first. Tony Ferguson needs to do a few things right. Benil Darius um, kind of overcame a skid, as he put it, maybe two or three years ago. He's coming into the back of this on six fights straight. He's worked himself back into a nice little kind of lightweight uh, contention. He's currently the number nine ranked lightweight uh, fighter. I think Tony is hanging around the number five mark. Um, and we've seen Tony, obviously, obviously Tony be Tony uh, in the Gaethje fight and in the Charles Oliveira fight. But last time out, he just, he had no answer. He was outgunned, he was outgrappled, he was outstruck um, and ultimately lost a decision in a fight that mm. could have ended a lot sooner. Um, yeah. f- for for the likes of Ferguson, I mean, what, what does this fight mean to him? And then similarly, like a win for, a win for Darius is obviously big news. Yeah. Uh... I feel like Tony really does need to win this because he it's 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 really hard to be judgmental. I feel like against uh, Tony Ferguson because he's like he was on such a win streak for so long. He's an exciting fighter, but you know the way he's lost his last two fights, they were so 
this like he's lost nearly every round in those two fights you know i think he did lose every round in those two fights i'm pretty sure so they were basically they're one-sided you know so yeah. i feel like coming into this you know i don't think it's it's detrimental he gets to win but it's i think more detrimental that he performs do you know because yeah. benil dariush is very good like i feel like if tony loses it still wouldn't be as hard of a hit as it would for Benil. Because Benil kind of like he's one of those guys that he has to take the longer route. He's not as marketable, you know? So if he wins and the two of them have a crack and fight, like fight of the night, I think the two of them kind of win, regardless of who wins or loses there. You know, even if Tony does lose again, people just always want to watch him because of his personality and his style. So, you know, I'd like to kind of see an outcome like that because I feel like Benil Dariush does deserve uh you know a shot at the title he's been the promotion for a long time he's on a six fight win streak he takes the longer road and uh you know tony's had his shots really like you know and uh, i think no matter what as long as he has really entertaining fights he's always going to be a fan favorite you know what do you think tony needs to do to get the win is it like we've, we've spoken a lot about going back to fundamentals, about changes in attitudes, about fighters dropping the whole kind of, you know, image or persona that they that they type to bring or, or the hype that they try to bring about themselves. Is there anything in particular that he that you think that he needs to do? Um, I feel like he needs to be willing to go back to fundamentals exactly like as you brought it up there. I feel like he needs to be willing to be his unorthodox authentic self but also go right you know uh, i need to really go back to basics here you know like you know frame or level change if somebody goes for a shot frame against the neck or underhook hard hoist them back up do you know like things like that just real fundamental i think wrestling more so than anything else you know and wrestling and basic striking you know his jiu-jitsu kind of speaks for itself i think most fights you know but mm. I feel like that just are all around fundamentals. I, I think it's gone to that stage where I always said this, even when they were talking about Habib fighting Tony before us, like when Tony goes up against somebody that doesn't get lured into a firefight and has is fundamentally very sound across the board, just does all the things you learn on day one to the rest of their career, perfect, he's going to lose because he's not a fundamental-based fighter. He's not, he doesn't, ha- he just does crazy things. And, you know, there's a disadvantage to that, too. There are big risks. It's a big risk to fight like that. And he needs to go down to fundamentals again, like normal underhooks to, to stop takedowns, jabs, distance management, not kind of coming in and trying to break someone. Like, you know, there's a time for that. Everybody needs a, needs a little bit of Tony and Nate Diaz in them willing to just march forward and make it dirty. But you got to know how to do it correctly. And if you're doing too much of that, you're going to get caught out, you know, and I feel like that he just needs to go back to baseline with fundamentals in this fight. Okay, so if you were going to if you were going to nail your colours to the mast, how do you see it coming out? Between Ferguson and, and Darius? It is actually a close fight, you know that? I think so. Uh, because it can really go either way. I, I don't know what it is for me, but I think there's going to be a little bit no. of self-doubt about Tony Ferguson in there. I think if I think if Darius plays his game and like you're saying he's taken a long route to to where he's taken a long route to where he is um like he had that loss to Edson Barbosa 3 or 4 years ago mm. and then 
the Evan Dunham fight didn't really work out. The Hernandez fight on the cyborg card, he was in and out fairly quickly. And he's he's taken he's taken some good wins though. Like he's uh he had a nice um he had a nice rear naked choke early in the first round against Frank Camacho. End of mm. 2019, Scott Holtzman was last year. He had the split decision win over Diego uh, Ferreira earlier this year. I think it was he was fighting only as recently as as February. But I I think like for me off the Oliveira fight and off the Gaethje fight, like I know you, it's you, you might you can't really deny Ferguson's credentials but I think after the last two and just watching him as as a personality I think I think there might be just a little a little kind of question mark in there that if if Darius gets a good start and gets to impose his game plan first I think it'll see Ferguson on the back foot I think it could be a surprise yeah yeah I do I, do. I feel like that. I, I, I'm kind of going towards that as well I feel like Benil Darius is going to strike what the iron is hot in regards to mm. Tony and just take the take the opportunity that I think I think you're dead right there it comes down a lot at the moment to morale you know yeah. like you know Tony's morale is going down Benil's morale is going up he's just in that phase like you know so yeah see what happens the main event though is a big one so this is the vacant, and it's not often that we see it vacant, but the vacant UFC lightweight uh, title. It's vacant because Habib Nurmagomedov decided last year in his infinite wisdom uh, to call it a day to retire mm. and to vacate the, the title. And it's doubtful that we're going to see him come back into the sport. Um, so lightweight-wise, we've seen a fairly big mix, but it's coming down to Charles Oliveira, who's been knocking around the UFC forever and a day, uh, and Michael Chandler, who, as a former Bellator champ, came in in uh, January, uh, sparked Dan Hooker in spectacular fashion very early mm -hmm. on, uh, very aggressive. He's got that crazy short, sharp jab that just comes with a load of power. Um Oliveira is coming off the back of the Tony Ferguson win, and the two of them are going to contest the title. Uh, is it is it early days? Is it too early to see Chandler in a in a title fight? I mean, it's, I it's, it's a kind of a reward for a solid career in the yeah. UFC for for Oliveira at the very least. I mean, he's there 11, yeah. 12, 13 years. I think that uh, I I think that. I really like Michael Chandler because he's like he's one of those guys that he's not young either. Like he's thirty five. Yeah, correct. Yeah. He's twenty two and five. He's had losses. He's had wins. Do you know, he's a little bit like you know the American Dream type, which you know I'm not usually like a big fan of personality wise. I think they're a bit you know what I mean cheesy, like you know what I mean. But I mean, I you can't help but like the guy. You know what I mean? He's a hard worker. He's a family man. He's 35, as I said, so the age isn't exactly in his favor, but he's still hitting it in his prime from all the hard work he's done throughout his career. 22-5 and yeah. is a good record against solid opponents. And as much as Dana White, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of like uh, beats down every other promotion about, especially Bellator, about their quality of fighters, you know, one fight in, he was only about a minute in, uh, and uh, he's already gotten a title shot. So, you know, and <laughs> Michael Chandler lost against uh, the younger Pitbull brother, like, you know, only Correct. not too long ago. I think it wasn't the last fight, it was the fight yeah, before. Two, two years got, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like he's a, he's a great guy, he's very likable, but. 
I just feel like Charles, I like I love watching Charles Olivier. Mm. I had like you know he's a bit like Masvidal for me. You know what I mean? When Masvidal is on point and he's in flow yeah. and he's, he's he's performing well, he's just great to take notes on and watch. You know his fight IQ is so high, and I just think Charles probably has the best fight IQ in the UFC apart from John Jones. You know, like his if you just watch him fight, it's hard to take your eyes off him. You know, and anytime you know that somebody has good fundamentals and good fight IQ is when they do the real simple things and they just it just they just look amazing. Like he he throws that right uppercut, right hand, and it just looks like a it's just an uppercut right hand, but he just throws it perfect timing, perfect distance management, perfect technique. And that is one example applied across the board with his skill sets. You know, he's He's just the way he is jujitsu as well. Like God bless Michael if he goes to the floor. I tell you, he, he may keep it standing. He may though. He may keep it standing because you do not want to fuck around with his jujitsu because he's one of those guys. He's, there's a principle that John Danaher uh, talks a lot about, and I teach a lot to my more experienced guys. Is the principle of equivalence, where you know it takes an uh, an equal amount of energy to retain guard or go for a sweep than it does to go for a superior technique like a submission, and that's what he does on his back. You know, he's just he's not looking to escape when he's mm. on his back. He's going for leg locks, he's going for arm bars, he's going for triangles, and there's a win-win there. You know, he's either going to get the submission or guys aren't going to stay there to wait to get submitted. They're going to panic and back away then he can technically stand up and he knows that. And his, he's longer. He's like, you know, as long as he knows that Michael Chandler is going to fucking walk him down, excuse me, French, walk him down, uh, you know, try and throw them haymakers and welt him to the body, come up the pipe Mike Tyson style and try and clip him with a headshot. As the rounds go on and, you know, his distance, oh, I just can't, I just can't say, I think, well, I think Charles, I'm a Charles fan <laughs> anyway, but I see this fight going Charles' way. I think he deserves it too with the time he spent in the UFC, to be honest, you know, and uh, he's just not, I think he's a fan favorite fight-wise, yeah. but it's like, it's like all the Brazilians, you know, the, unless they speak good English and they have kind of a personality to him, like uh, Paulo Costa, they're not really going to be very marketable. So he's taking the longer route as well, isn't he, you know? Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's you're you're you're, t- you're torn between your two favorite toys. You've got yeah. your American Dream and Michael Chandler and, yeah. <laughs> and Charles Charles Oliveira. That's there. Like watching over some of the embedded stuff from this oh. week. Both of them. Well, I won't say both of them. Chandler and uh, Chandler as you know, in in the experience of of watching of watching Chandler is very much about coming forward closing that distance is a little bit kind of smothering in his in his performance yeah. uh, for Oliveira like you're saying when it went to the ground against Tony Ferguson we thought okay well, you know one it's going to be an interesting battle between the two I, I don't think we expected to get the the result and the performance well I didn't anyway uh, from Charles Oliveira against Ferguson whether that was mm-hmm. Oliveira sure, on a really really there. good day or whether it was Ferguson on a really really bad day um, mm-hmm. but either way it's it's benefited him uh, greatly so no okay so if if you're if if you're if you're kind of leaning towards Oliveira for the win um, do you see it as do you see it as a as an early exit or is this or is this nah. going to go deep into five rounds? Deep. I think it's going to go deep into five rounds, yeah. I think it's probably going to 
Oh, see, it's it's so rare that we actually get to see Michael Chandler go five, but he's able to do five. Mm-hmm. He's able to. He's well able to do five. He's very well conditioned. But do you know? I think these guys are small for lightweights. Like I think Michael Chandler is like buff. Yeah. Now he's buff, but he's a small enough lightweight. You know what I mean? He's not huge. You know and. I feel like that Charles actually has the size advantage here. I think he's framely, he's filled out from featherweight to a natural big frame lightweight, you know? And I, I just feel like as the, if he can get past these fucking mad left hooks, right hooks, mm-hmm. you know, he just gets out of distance and he pops straight shots down the pipe and he just fights the way he usually, if he, if he avoids the knockout, if he doesn't get knocked out, it's either going to be an early knockout for Chandler or I feel like it's going to be a close fight, but rounds four or five, Charles starts taking it and he starts kind of like coming through and getting that win, like I think, you know. Okay. We'll see how it plays out. The main card, of course, is kicking off at three o'clock uh, in the morning Irish time. Uh, You'll be able to watch it live on BT Sport this weekend. We'll have the results and the catch-up online at scoreline.ie in the early hours of Sunday morning. Miles, just throwing the eye over the rest of the card. Like, there's a couple of good fights that are there. Caitlin Chukagian is gunning for for, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. She's got, uh, she's the number two ranked uh, women's flyweight contender she's up against Vivian uh, Ariujo and uh, Shane Burgos is back in the frame as well that should be a good scrap himself and Edson Barbosa at featherweight that's a good fight yeah Shane Burgos is good 13 and 2 yeah good record yeah he's he's got some he's got some nice performances there Jacare Souza and Andre Muniz are expected to headline the prelim card uh, and Valentina's sister Antonina is uh, taking on Andrea Lee uh, in the women's flyweight side of things Lando 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 Hanate and Mike Grundy is a good fight yeah, anything in anything in particular dropping uh, of interest? Yeah, I think Grundy is going in as a bit of a favorite to it, but Vinata yeah, he's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler, Mike Grundy. I think he's the head wrestling coach of Kavon as well. He's a good wrestler. Uh, Mick Brennan was actually meant actually meant to fight Mike Grundy before, but he pulled out uh, Grundy for back injury or something. I think. Really? When was this? A couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, he was meant to fight on. Um, there was an old show they used to go on in Liverpool a lot, um, Olympia MMA or something. Everyone was fighting on it at the time. And okay. Mike and uh, Mick were meant to fight, yeah? So, oh, the there you go. Nice. So, do you know Wayne Ash from the from the gym there? Sure, yeah. She was meant to fight James Gallagher years ago as well. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the boys. It's a lot of history on the doorstep that people aren't yeah. aware of yet. We've got to write the um, book on MMA for, for Kilkenny and Carlo. That's the what was I gonna say? Um I know that Matthew uh, Christopher Schnell there, he trained in AKA for a good while. I didn't know he was in the UFC though until I started kind of seeing highlights there. But he's pretty high up in the card. He's to fight right before Tony Ferguson, but Neil Darius. Okay. Do you know? Yeah, I think he still fight he still trains out of AKA. Like he could train out of a couple of gyms around there, I think, yeah, like around yeah. that kind of like Bay Area, like you know. Yeah. Well, the other one that's being touted as, as one to watch is going to open the early prelims as well. That is uh, Sh- uh, Sean Soriano, who's a teammate of uh, Michael Chandler. He's been getting that's right, yeah. this week as well. He's he Now, he's been in the UFC before. He had a run in the UFC five or six years ago. 
Um, mm. But he's been given a, he's been given another chance. He's going in on, on pretty much like a week or two weeks' notice. He just got the call last Wednesday to see if he fourteen and six is a good record as well. Yeah. Gives him gives yeah. him gives him plenty to work off anyway. Um, but Apparently there's he's a, six striking. Yes, uh, and that that comes with that comes with several insider recommendations that his striking is going to be one to watch this weekend. Last but by no means least, Miles uh, preparations continue. Obviously, to get the the gym and the and the MMA side of things back in action, June slash July um, is looking at looking at kind of possibilities. How are things going in that department? Uh, good. Really good. Um, I think we're kind of taking in a lot, a lot of inquiries actually at the moment in regards to the reopening of the martial arts centre. So yeah, it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. So it, it is filling up fast now, and I do have only min- a limited amount of members I can take on. So uh, anybody that has any uh, interested in joining a martial arts centre in Kilkenny, just give us a shout. Yeah, excellent. And if they want to get in touch, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, Miles Price MMA or Team Rhino Kilkenny uh, Instagram handles to be best. Super. That'll do the finest. Miles Price, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. This has been All Things MMA. I have been Ken McGuire. You can catch up in detail and get the full card details as well for UFC 262 uh, pre-fight and post-fight along with interviews and fight highlights online, scoreline.ie. We will do this all again next weekend. Good luck. 